0: From 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Lake Effect. I'm Joy Powers. Today we'll learn how to stay safe and prepare for extreme cold and winter storms that hit Wisconsin. We'll learn about resources at the Milwaukee Public Library that could help you accomplish some of your new year's resolutions.
1: We think everyone deserves to have free resources available at their fingertips especially in the terms of like New Year's resolutions, so we can help you reach your goals. You can get curious at the library and read, learn and connect with us.
0: We'll talk to the filmmakers behind a modern, silent, supernatural winter epic of a slapstick comedy.
2: There's no talking in the movie, so we constantly have to be entertaining and like kind of hitting the audience with a truckload of bricks, you know, just like, you don't like that? How about this? You know, it's just like constant ideas, bombardment.
0: All of that is coming up on Lake Effect. But first, here are today's headlines. This is Lake Effect from 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. I'm Joy Powers, and thank you so much for joining us. There's a film showing at the Oriental Theater in Milwaukee tonight that features hundreds of people in beaver costumes. It's also a supernatural silent comedy. We'll tell you more later in the show. But we'll start with this. The first big snowstorm of the year hit southeastern Wisconsin earlier this month. While many hunkered down at home and waited out the storm, tens of thousands were left without power in below freezing temperatures and unsure about what to do. Lake Effect's Excret Nunez speaks with Andrew Beckett from Ready, Wisconsin, and Jen Warren from the Red Cross to learn how people can prepare themselves for future winter storms. But first, X-Grid speaks with WUWM's digital manager, Michelle Maternowski about how the storm affected her family and what she learned from the experience. So, Michelle, I remember you mentioned to me that the winter storm
3: left you without power for about a day and a half. What happened?
4: Uh, well, our power went out. <laughs> we were sleeping when it went out, so in the morning... The house seemed a little cold and then tried, you know, flipping light switches and then realized, oh yeah, we don't have power. So my husband and I, and we have two little girls, we stayed home on that Saturday thinking like the power will come back. We don't have to do anything. And then as the day went on and we like started putting more layers of clothing on, we're like, okay, I don't think the power is coming back anytime soon. We kind of like split up where my husband... Stayed home to try to like keep the fireplace running to keep the house warmer so our pipes wouldn't freeze. Mm-hmm. And then I took my two daughters over to my sister's house, who lives just like five minutes away. Uh, but we also emptied out our refrigerator because it was starting to get too warm in there, but too cold in the house. So we put food outside in our snow. And uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's <laughs> just kind of a uh, yeah, it was like a, a fun adventure at first where I was trying to be very positive. Like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to like clean the shelves in the fridge while it's empty. But then as it went into the next day and we were still without power and the temperature kind of continued to decrease in the house, it kind of flipped from being a fun adventure to like, oh no, this is kind of scary. and like, Bad things could happen to the house if, if our power didn't come back.
3: Well, you know, my conversation with Ready Wisconsin and the Red Cross stemmed from your experience and wanting to help others prepare for future winter weather, but what did you learn from your experience that you'd want to share?
4: I would say that it's important to have a flashlight in your house. I think for us, we've kind of moved to relying on our phones for so much, but as we were trying to conserve the batteries on our phones, we realized We rely on our phone for way more than just like making calls. So flashlight, we also have, and this is very particular and you don't need it, but it was helpful for us. My husband is a chef and he really likes to make pizzas outside and we have this like temperature gun so he can take the temperature of the oven outside to see if it's at the right temp for making pizza. But we, he would walk around the house with that and kind of take different temperatures throughout the rooms, So then we would know like kind of where are the coldest spots in the house and when would we kind of have to switch our game plan of, you know, it's not cold enough yet that we have to have the faucets dripping. Oh, okay. Now it's starting to get cold. Maybe we should have the, the faucet start running now or, oh, okay. Maybe it's time to call heating and cooling specialists because it's 30 degrees upstairs and we're worried about our radiators freezing and bursting. And then I would say, this is not a way to necessarily be prepared, but when you're going through a situation like that, don't be afraid to reach out to the people in your life because I found that people were really willing to help. I just had to make the the ask, but I'm really looking forward to your conversation too. So I think it'll be super helpful for me for the hopefully, well, hopefully there won't be a next time, but there probably will be a next time when we go through this again.
3: Well, let's learn more about what you, me, and everyone else can do in a future emergency like this. If this winter's unpredictable weather has taught us anything, it's that it's important to be prepared for what's to come our way. And Jen, I want to start off by asking, what are some terms people should become familiar with in preparation for a winter storm? So, for instance, uh, what's the difference between a winter storm warning versus a winter storm watch?
5: I think it's important to know the difference between both of those so that you know how long that you have to prepare. So, a winter storm warning means that life-threatening or severe winter weather conditions have begun or will begin within 24 hours. A winter storm watch means winter storm conditions uh, are possible within the next 36 to 48 hours. And so, Andrew, I want to ask, before
3: a winter storm arrives, what are some supplies people should have on hand to take care of themselves and anyone else at home?
6: Well, you really want to look at having kits in both your home and your vehicle, if you, uh, you know, could potentially be on the road really at any time during the winter. And we'll start with kits at home. You know, Kits at home really should include things like having a supply of at least you know 72 hours of non-perishable food, preferably something that doesn't require having to be cooked so that if you were to lose power or, or natural gas service, you're able to make sure that everybody in your home remains fed. Uh, you also want to make sure that you have a supply of water for everyone who's living in your home. The, the standard is really about a gallon of water per person in your home per day for both hygiene and cooking and eating purposes. Uh, in addition to that, you know, items such as flashlights, extra batteries, having a uh, battery-operated or at least battery backup NOAA weather radio, so that you can get critical alerts and updates. Making sure that you know uh, where things like extra supplies of medication might be located, whether they're in a kit itself or if you keep them somewhere else in the home. And really, those are kind of some of the essential supplies. But you know, it also comes with having a plan for what you're going to do. Uh, in the event that you know, the worst does happen and you lose power and you're not expected to get it back for a significant amount of time, or your furnace goes out in your home, uh, what steps you're going to take in order to make sure that everybody stays safe. In vehicles, you know, kits should include uh, some of those things like some snacks, blankets, jumper cables, make sure you have a good snow scraper in your vehicle, a cell phone charger, kitty litter in case you get stuck somewhere for a little bit of extra traction. If you have room in the trunk, a snow shovel is a good thing to keep on you extra hats and gloves. And then just also making sure that you know what to do if you were to get stuck and who to call for help so that you can hopefully get out of there as quickly as possible or or have somebody take you to safety.
3: Right. And Andrew, you mentioned this earlier too. Um, I also noticed Ready Wisconsin recommends people and families make an emergency plan ahead of the winter storm. What does an emergency plan look
4: like?
6: Well, you know, emergency plans really should focus on what you're going to do if it's unsafe to leave the house or if it's unsafe to stay in the house. And really, we'll look at it from those two ways. You know, if you are unable to leave the house, you know, you need to make sure that you have that plan, including things like uh, having that emergency kit stocked up, making sure that that's done in advance, making sure that you have those essential contact numbers on hand, uh, whether it's going to be, you know, emergency furnace repair. Calling a contact number for the power company in case you do lose service and you need to contact them in order to make sure that, you know, they're aware that you are out and and you're on their list for places to get repaired. But also, you know, in case it is unsafe to stay home, identifying where you're going to go, whether that's going to be uh, potentially shelters that are available in your area, other members of your family, basically knowing how you're safely going to be able to stay somewhere else uh, if it's not safe to stay at home.
3: Okay, so let's say the winter storms arrived and uh, someone's been outside for too long. Jen, I want to ask you, what are some of the telltale signs of hypothermia and frostbite? And is this preventable?
5: Sure. Um, So shivering is one of the first signs of hypothermia. Other signs can include confusion, drowsiness, and slurred speech. Um, For frostbite, your nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes are often the first affected, people might experience pain, numbness, and a change of skin color. Um, In terms of what people can do, for hypothermia, seek emergency medical care right away. Move to a warm place and remove any wet clothing and warm the body slowly. For frostbite, move to a warm place, warm the affected area gently by soaking it in warm water, not hot water, um. until the skin appears normal and then feels warm, and then seek emergency medical care. And so, Andrew, you mentioned this earlier too, you know,
3: what is a plan if you're at home and your power goes out? What should someone do in that situation?
6: Well, really the first thing that you should do if you lose power at home is to make sure that you've contacted your utility provider to let them know, because they're the ones who are going to be able to address that outage. They're the ones who are going to give you an update on what possible restoration times are, and if there's any specific concerns you need to be worried about. Typically speaking, with power outages, there's usually something that's happened to a main line somewhere, but you also want to be aware of any damage that might have occurred on your property, usually with the connection between your house and where the service comes into it. Some of these winter storms, we see heavy snow and ice on trees. They can drop limbs on lines. Uh, if they cause any damage to the infrastructure that actually connects the power to your house, uh, you might have to additionally look at getting something like an electrician out uh, in order to fix that, that last bit of service to make sure that the connection to the house is restored. If you have the ability to have a generator installed, you know that is something that many people can look out, especially if they might be in more rural areas or areas where they feel like you know they lose power a lot and they want to have a, a solution there. It's very important with generators, though, that they're being operated and installed properly. You know, especially uh, standalone generators need to be at least 20 feet away from your home, make sure they're vented properly so that there's not that risk of carbon monoxide poisoning from having them operating. They should never be run inside an enclosed space, even inside like your garage. Uh, because there is a potential danger with those that can, you know, very quickly become deadly if they're not used properly. So so really, if you do decide to use a generator, make sure that it's it's being installed by a professional who knows what they're doing and that it's being operated properly and tested regularly so that when you need it, you know that it's going to operate properly.
3: Right. And in situations like these, people might need shelter to turn to, where might people find shelter if they need it, or what are some resources people can turn to?
6: Shelter information is going to vary widely based on where you live. Some municipalities may set up warming centers, they may work with organizations like the Red Cross or other volunteer organizations to set up shelter operations overnight if if conditions really warrant it, and they see a demand for having that resource available. So really the best resource that an individual might need to look at is local government websites, social media accounts, because typically speaking if they open warming centers or overnight shelters they're going to post that information in a, in a public place uh, where people can hopefully see it and then they're going to also send that information out to local media in order to help publicize it. So so really uh, one of the first places uh, that, that people should be looking is, is to their local government to see what information is being shared out there? A number of counties do also utilize 211 during uh, periods of uh, severe weather uh, in order to help collect information, but also to share information with residents. So, if you do have 211 available in your area, which should be in most counties in the state, you can contact there and they should be able to at least point you in the right direction for additional resources.
3: Well, Jen and Andrew, thank you both so much for speaking with me today and sharing this helpful advice. Thank you for having me.
6: Thank you for having me.
0: Andrew Beckett is a public information officer for Wisconsin Emergency Management and leads the state's Ready Wisconsin campaign. Jen Warren is the regional communications director for the American Red Cross Wisconsin. They spoke with Lake Effect's Excret Nunez. We want to hear from you as we gear up to cover local elections and the presidential election in November. You can have a say in our 2024 election coverage by filling out our election survey. You can find a link at wuwm.com. What you tell us will help inform the stories you hear on Lake Effect and WUWM. Coming up later in the show, we'll speak with the local filmmakers behind a silent supernatural film called Hundreds of Beavers. But first, we'll learn how the Milwaukee Public Library can help you with some common New Year's resolutions. That's coming up on Lake Effect on 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. You're listening to Lake Effect on 89.7 WUWM. I'm Joy Powers. Many of us start the new year with resolutions, from the overly idealistic to more simple goals. As we close out the first month of 2024, there's still plenty of time to work toward any new goals you may have, and the library may be able to help. Whether it's saving money, learning new skills, or making changes for your health, the Milwaukee Public Library has plenty of resources you can access year round. To learn more, Lake Effects Audrey Nowakowski speaks with MPL Reference Assistant Josh Ashing.
7: I want to start with one of my favorite resolutions that doesn't have a specific metric or measurement, and it's just to learn or try something new. How can the library help out with this?
1: That's literally the point of the library. I love that you said that like it's just the point of the library to help us learn, connect, read, and try new things. Um I think The very first thing that I would love to talk about is our makerspaces here at the library. We have three of them at three of our different branches on Mitchell Street, Good Hope, and Washington Park. They have such a variety of different things that you can do in the makerspaces. There's scanners, there's headphones, there's virtual reality headsets, there's a community kitchen at Mitchell Street. There's 3D printers, there's a green screen, and Mitchell even, too, has a recording studio that you can go in and play around in the recording studio. That's so fun, too. They're just open for the public, usually Mondays through Thursdays, starting at 3.30, Then you can go in and play around. I usually recommend talking to the librarian, too, and they can point in the right direction if you're trying to learn and do something new and specific. But they're there just to help you create and try something new and different.
7: So Makerspaces is, is one great example. Another resolution people have is like, I want to read more or, you know, just uh, how about a book, uh, one book a month or something like that. But it's hard to know where to start.
1: It is hard where to start, especially like if you're coming off of like a dry spell from reading where you haven't tried something in a while or you've been in like a book series that you've been devoted to for so long. You're like, OK, what now? Where do I start? There's a service that the library has It's where you can order and request a book bundle. Where you can type in, being like, hey, I want five science fiction romance books that are similar to this. And a librarian will work on it, will get your request, and they'll start putting a few things together for you. And you'll pick it up like a regular library hold. It's a nice little service, and it kind of gets you out of your comfort zone of like what you normally read. It's just fun. And I know on the librarian side, we all love to do it. It's so much fun just because it's you're just book, you're suggesting books, and you get to like, find something new and different for a patient. So that's always fun on Ireland, too.
7: I love that. And one thing that I didn't know about that the library has is classes on any subject. And, you know, some people want to go back to school, say, or want to take a course, but money's often a constricting thing. There's time, there's scheduling. So how does the library offer this resource?
1: Yeah, so there's two services that we partner with. One's called Gale and the other one's called Udemy. And with your library card, you can sign into the website and you can take online classes on virtually any subject you can think of. It could be from accounting to 3D printing to um, marketing to working with audios and files. Like there's just so many different topics that Gail and Udemy offer and they're all for free. It's just I always think of it as like, free education. It's just like free classes. They're every six weeks. They're like really nice snapshots. If you need to learn and try something new and different. Highly recommend. I've done a couple of Gale courses and they give you a certificate. It's nice for your resume. So love those. I always recommend those for patrons.
7: Perfect. So going from, you know, those more introverted activities, reading, learning at home for courses, we're gonna go outdoors now. And for people who want to try and get more exercise or get outside more, what kind of resources do you have for them?
1: Yeah, we have a couple different things. I know you don't usually think of like the library being outdoorsy, but we just
7: started um, a hiking
1: backpack kit, which is fun. It like helps you, I know we're in the middle of winter right now, but it helps you go after the outdoors and kind of like plan what you want to do. The backpack kits, they come with a compass, there's binoculars, there's bird guides, there's tree guides. And then there's things that can like help you explore Wisconsin. It's trails, it's bike trails too. Um, I think it even comes with like trekking poles. It's a nice little backpack and it gets you ready for going outside.
7: Another big goal people have in the new year uh, and really any time of year is to save money. So what are the main ways you see the library helping people to reach this goal?
1: Yeah, totally. That's kind of like what the library is trying to do too is cut costs, make it easier for people to live their life the way they want to live it. other than the obvious, of course, you check out books. You can check out DVDs and CDs that can that can save you money, too. Like, if you're not for sure that you might like a book, come check it out at the library. That's what it's for. That way you don't have to spend the, the $20, $25 on a brand new book. But I will say I really would love to talk up our e-services, like Libby and Hoopla. Those are for audiobooks and eBooks. They're free, and you can download them right to your smart device. I really love Hoopla. Hoopla is probably one of my favorite ones. But there's also Canopy, and I call this library Netflix. It's just free movies um, that you can check out. Um, Usually you can get like six, seven, eight movies a month, depending on what movies you're checking out. But they have a variety of things, documentaries, series, movies, um, and they are always constantly updating it. So Canopy is a wonderful thing. And if you want to cancel subscriptions, I know subscriptions are starting to get a little expensive. Canopy is a good option. I also recommend Freegal. Freegal is a music service that we have. You can just download, stream music that we offer. Similarly, we also have a program that's constantly growing, constantly changing, just because it's so popular. It's our Chromebooks and our Hotspots program, um, where we offer where you can check out a Chrome a laptop with a like a Chromebook laptop, and in connection with the hotspot, which is basically mobile free Wi-Fi, free internet that you can check out to Milwaukee Public Library. Um, I know a lot of people love this, just especially like we had our blizzard a couple weeks ago. People were out of power. Uh, we had a lot of people requesting our hotspots so that they could have internet while the electricity was out. So just gives another option for people who might be looking for internet services.
7: Of course, we can't talk about resolutions without addressing health. It's often the top of people's priorities and goals. So, in addition to books on, Healthy habits or cookbooks, recipes, new things like that. What else can the library offer?
1: Yeah, I'm excited. We just got on the calendar, we just planned um, some yoga classes coming up for the next few months. It's at four different libraries in Milwaukee, Bayview, Capitol, Tippecanoe, and Zablocki libraries. They offer yoga for beginners. Um, they recommend that you bring your own mat but there's going to be some beginning yoga poses some breathing exercises. There's also a gentle chair yoga session that we have going on. So just some yoga classes coming up. That's kind of fun coming into spring um, to get you active. Um, Last but not least, we do have some food programs. Um, Mitchell Street, I mentioned earlier, has a kitchen and they are going to be having a Valentine community meal coming up on the 13th. Um, I know chef Sherry, She always has wonderful things planned and scheduled for meals, Um, and she also takes care of Snack Hacks, too, which uh, happens usually, I think, monthly. So it's just a good resource to know that Mitchell, every once in a while, usually once or twice a month, they offer meals or a snack option, too, for you.
7: And I love that. It also combines the goal of trying something new, some classes, some cooking demonstrations, lots of great stuff.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely
7: with one more goal that we're going to address that um, it might be on people's new year's resolution list, and it's just to spend more time with friends and family. And I'm all about setting your social time with intention and with people you want to be around. So how can the library help facilitate this?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm amazed. I work here and I'm amazed at how many things we have constantly going on. There's so many different, there's such a variety of different programs going on. I mean, The basic library things that we usually are always going on author talks there's book clubs we have art and craft programs a lot of genealogy and research always swings through Um, we also offer job and resume help but i think i really want to call out things like children's story time usually our branches every week have a children's story time that's really popular with kids um, and parents and in that same fashion there's also after school there's homework help that we offer at some of our libraries where Um, If your child needs a little homework out, needs a little tutoring, there's an hour that you can bring them in after school and they can help, librarians can help them with some homework. That's very helpful, too. Um, And tutoring services are not only just specifically to children. We also have adult tutoring at the Central Library downtown, and it covers basic things, reading, writing. Um, We have a lot of ESL tutoring, English as a second language that we offer as well. And with that, we also have a we have conversation hours, there's reading and listening hours that partnership with those just to offer people might not be comfortable speaking English or want to improve their English, they can come into Central and we can help them with that. We can send them up with a tutor that will help them in the future. So there's always something going on at the library. There's always something to offer. There's always something you can learn and work on, especially in business commons, and especially in connection with um, our business programs, too.
7: And it's good to note that each library branch is different and often will have some unique and special programming that's based on the communities that you're in, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There's things going on at each different library. Like you're going to see a lot of variety and they try to focus in on the neighborhood that they're serving. So it makes more sense for the library and what they're trying to accomplish. Also, just want to let everybody know that if you're not already following MPL on Instagram, the TikTok, Uh, Facebook, YouTube, you're missing out plain and simple. I wish everyone could go do this, it's so much fun. I think the marketing and social media team have such a wonderful job just bringing joy and light onto Milwaukee through what they do online. And I I love seeing what they do, I, I can't commend them enough. But last but not least, I did wanna say, if you live in Milwaukee, and you do not have a library card, please come down and get a library card. We would love for you to have one. We think everyone deserves to have free resources available at their fingertips, and I think a library can help in such a good way, um, especially in the terms of like New Year's resolutions, so we can help you reach your goals. You can get curious at the library and read, learn, and connect with us.
0: Josh Ashing is a reference assistant at the Milwaukee Public Library. He joined Lake Effect's Audrey Nowakowski for our Books and Beyond conversation. You can find a link to the library resources they talked about at wuwm.com. Local filmmakers Mike Cheslick and Ryland Bricks and Cole 2s have been making videos together since they were 14 years old at Whitefish Bay High School. They've made about 50 videos together, but the film Hundreds of Beavers is the pair's second full-length feature. The film is about a man who has to become the land's greatest fur trapper by defeating hundreds of beavers. Except in this movie, all of the animals are played by humans in mascot costumes. If the plot doesn't intrigue you enough, it's also a silent film shot in black and white that the filmmakers say was influenced by Buster Keaton, Looney Tunes, and Mario Brothers video games. Hundreds of Beavers is making its Milwaukee theatrical premiere tonight. And ahead of that, filmmakers Mike and Ryland join Effects Audrey Nowakowski.
2: Mike and I uh, wanted to make something that was completely and utterly different than anything else anyone would ever try to pull off. And
8: uh, to do that, you must make something like hundreds of beavers. It's also a silent film because uh, we've tried writing things together and we're just not very good. We don't have an understanding of uh, sentence structure, of uh, periodic sentences, of uh, having characters speak in a a way that's appropriate for the historical setting. So we just threw all the dialogue out of the window and uh, focused on funny images of Ryland getting hurt.
7: Well, and despite the simple premise, I say it's harder to pull off because you need to execute it well. You don't have dialogue. You don't have a ton of other things distracting audiences. But this makes it ideal for comedy, you know, because you're relying so much on the visual action and the physical humor. So how does this translate when you're first writing it? You mentioned you weren't good at dialogue, but is it more difficult to write a script for a film with no dialogue?
8: Writing this happened so long ago that there's almost no way of knowing how we did it or what happened. It's been a five-year road, but the best I can remember is that we're sitting around with note cards, drawing Ryland getting hurt in different ways, or beavers getting hurt in different ways, and uh, posting those on the basic Campbellian structure, uh, Hero's Journey, and trying to make fun callbacks with uh, running physical jokes. And then those note cards are basically we're holding them out in the woods and just trying to replicate what I drew uh, on set, which is what I call the woods. I call it a set. Yes, <laughs> yes, a set
2: with five people. Um, and uh, there was no actual script per se, there were just drawings. So Mike would bring his big binders full of his drawings into into the woods in Northern Wisconsin. And he would we would look at the pictures and then we would make the frame and shoot the movie.
7: It's great to know that it's just visual from concept to end point. And you mentioned the hero's journey, and there's also a lot of other fun, classic cinema elements in here, whether it's a nod to different genres or scenes. So I'd love to know more about your inspirations and what you both wanted to channel for this movie.
8: I love Buster Keaton and I love Super Mario, and I think they share a camera philosophy <laughs> of a long lens in a very wide space with a flattened image a lot of high angle stuff too where you can see the character and his obstacle in the same frame and it's a physical problem
2: yeah you know we also took a lot of inspiration i think just from uh old hong kong movies old jackie chan movies of the 80s too we love those movies so much and you know obviously he got a lot of inspiration from charlie chaplin buster keaton but we wanted to also just bring in sort of that action element too. And he was so good at uh, not only is Jackie Chan just, you know, an action star, but he directed a lot of those things did all the fight choreography. So he was really good at, he knew where to put the camera and he just really knew how to shoot action correctly, which I think a lot of movies these days don't shoot action correctly. So that was always an inspiration. I think just growing up watching those, that was kind of instilled in our minds when we were staging this.
7: So Mike, you edited and did the visual effects for this film and I'm I'm gonna love picking your brain about it. I was so impressed by what you're able to accomplish and the world that you built in the Midwest tundra that this is set in. So my first question is how many beaver costumes did you actually need?
8: There's only six and they're repeated over and over again in After Effects. And I've been working in After Effects for uh, 13 years and all of the ideas for this movie as we're writing are based on things I think I could achieve in post and that Ryland thinks he can achieve physically in the real world. And so for After Effects, you know, if you pick a lame style or a lo-fi style such as grainy black and white, where the whites are kind of blown out and the blacks fall off and there's just less, you're responsible for less detail, then you can create a crazier image. Like the South Park writers are totally unlimited in their writing because uh, their style is so simple to achieve. So they, anything that comes to mind, they can do. So for us, it affected the writing because we know anything that just involves a suit and after effects and snow, uh, we're allowed to put in the movie. So there's some very grand images in the movie that are only possible because of the lameness of the look.
2: Yeah, and you know, it still took Mike an eternity to do all these effect shots because he was doing them all himself. Uh, you know, he did like over 2000 effect shots on this film uh but had we tried to make Avatar uh this movie would have taken 300 years so you know you just pick a really lo-fi style and you're able to create mega worlds.
7: Ryland you play the lead as you mentioned and you really put in some sweat and snow equity here so I imagine it was a lot of fun, but also challenging. You're filming in Wisconsin winters, and you're pretty much in every scene doing something crazy physical in the snow. So what were your main takeaways from the making of this film and challenging yourself in this way? You know, I
2: believe it or not, I've never fought in the Crusades, but it felt like we were fighting a crusade because it took so long and it was just a lot of backbreaking labor. Uh but you know, it was a lot of fun too, though, because again, we were working on it with all our buddies who worked so hard for no money. And, you know, uh, even though it was a lot of work, it was there was never any interpersonal conflicts or anything. Everyone got along really great. You know, so yeah, there was some tough challenges for me physically, but you know, it wasn't, uh, it, w- it was all worth it. You know, it, you get hurt here and there, you get some frostbite here and there, but you know, no one died. So But yeah, it was great. At the end of every night, uh, you just go back to the
8: cabin and drink some beers with your buddies and then do it all over again. Yeah, Ryland would have been impossible to replace on this. It was written for him and you couldn't have cast him. It was totally tailored to his abilities and he was tough as nails for 12 weeks, most of it outside.
7: Well, you can tell it's a labor of love. And because it's black and white and there's no dialogue and you are making sure the audience is paying attention to every frame. Did you feel a greater pressure to execute this well? Because unlike other movies that rely heavily on distracting audiences with grandiose things, this structure is so simple. You want to do it well.
8: Yes, because there's a lot of silences that are filled with a laugh and there's a certain gag pace. So if you're watching in a theater, you really notice if one of the gags doesn't work. And if we have 200 gags or whatever the number is, you want every single one to work every 30 seconds or whatever it is and executing a gag takes a lot of precision and it needs to be timed right it needs to look right it needs to have a nice clean read we say it
2: has to have a a a perfect sound effect you know to really like hit home the joke and mike and i when we were writing it too we went through so many different gag ideas and stuff and just it had to take the best ones you know and uh Another thing too, like Mike just editing the movie too, he was so conscious all the time about pacing too, because it's like, there's no talking in the movie. So we constantly have to be entertaining and like kind of hitting the audience with a truckload of bricks, you know, just like, you don't like that, how about this? You don't like that, what about this? You don't like that, how about this? You know, it's just like constant
8: ideas, bombardment, you know? There's also this strange structural thing in this movie where usually in the hero's journey, there's a sort of montage of the hero getting better. But we don't really have a montage in this film the experimental part of hundreds of beavers is that we tried to show him improving at fur trapping step by step you watch him play the whole video game you watch him level up every step of the rpg you watch him get all hundred beavers and learn everything in real time instead of elliptical editing where suddenly he's better now
7: all of this work you guys are talking about paid off so well This movie played at the film festival here last year, and you guys are taking it on a road show for uh, a Midwest victory tour, as I'd like to call it. (laughs) And this film is really resonating with people, despite maybe some people assuming that a silent slapstick supernatural film about hunting beavers isn't, you know, what people are wanting in 2023, 24. So why do you think it's hitting the mark so well?
8: These are very classic themes and simple ideas of just uh, man versus nature, man versus animal. He's cold, he wants to get warm. He's hungry, he wants to eat. Uh, He wants to get the girl. He wants to get the girl by being good at his job. Uh, There's all these classic... We just, you know, to improve as filmmakers, we're trying to just pick some classic subject matter, a classic spine, and then be experimental on top of something rock solid. And again, there's no talking. So everyone from any walk of life
2: can watch it and understand what's going on too and at the end of the day it's just like a live action you know cartoon you know so it's, it's just fun it's just a really fun experience well this is
8: an american tradition of the slapstick movies of cartoons and silent films of this yeah. like older style of comedy from the first half of the 20th century and it's this great american tradition that we just you know kind of didn't make for a couple decades for whatever reason Mm. and so I think people are just happy to see it back whether or not it was us doing it it just we just forgot about this big genre so if you bring it back people aren't just reacting to you they're reacting to I'm glad it's back yeah yeah I mean that's the thing is everyone always says
2: like oh I love those old Buster Keat movies those old you know Harold Lloyd Charlie Chaplin oh those are so great and it's like well you can you can make those still if you want. And it's like, oh no, well, you know, that was way back then, you know, of course you couldn't do that now. And it's like,
8: well, well, why not? Of course you can. You could and you can react to things that have happened since then, like video game storytelling and video game structure ideas are like, that's new to this century, but it can be combined with this older American genre.
0: Mike Cheslick is the director, editor, and producer of Hundreds of Beavers. Ryland Bricks and Cole 2s is the lead actor, writer, and producer. They spoke with Lake Effect's Audrey Nowakowski. You can see Hundreds of Beavers at the Oriental Theater tonight for its Milwaukee premiere. Mike and Ryland will be there along with all of their furry friends for a film and Q&A experience you'll never forget. There's more information at wwm.com. Coming up, we'll hear some new local music in this month's Milwaukee Music Roundup. That's next on Lake Effect on 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. This is Lake Effect on 89.7 WUWM. I'm Joy Powers. It's the start of a new year of Milwaukee music, and as always, Matt Wilde has been listening. Wilde is the co-founder of Milwaukee Record, and every month he creates a list of some of the best new releases from local musicians called the Milwaukee Music Roundup. He joins me now to share a few of those songs. Matt Wilde, thank you as always for being here on Lake Effect.
9: Thank you as always for having me back.
0: So we have a great list of songs uh for January starting the year off right. Uh a lot of different styles of songs and this first one it reminds me a lot of uh the Mountain Goats, specifically John Darnielle, I think that's how you say his name, but it has kind of an electronic twist.
9: Absolutely. And and before we even get to this song, I think you're absolutely right. This this year is starting off kind of ridiculously strong for Milwaukee music. Uh, just putting these you know, four songs together was kind of a challenge. It was like, wow, I have a dozen that I could have chosen, and it's only January. So I think this bodes well for uh, 2024 as far as Milwaukee music. So uh, yes, we'll start out with uh, this first song. It is by a group called The Hatchets, and uh, the song we're going to be listening to is called Gimme One More Chance. Now this uh, song comes from their new record. The name of the record is Every New Beginning Comes from Some Other Beginning's End, which uh, they insist uh, they did not take from uh, that semi-sonic Closing Time song. Uh, The members have claimed they have never even heard that song. Uh, So we'll uh, have to take their word for that. But uh, the song, yeah, Give Me One More Chance, uh, is uh, I think just such a fantastic track. On a record that's just filled with fantastic tracks. Now the Hatchets kind of came on the scene back in 2019. They had a their first record was kind of this Woody Guthrie concept album of all things, and it was called the uh, Uncounted Blue Jillians. And now five years later, here they are with a record that, uh, as far as I know, has nothing to do with Woody Guthrie, but uh, it is a really, really fantastic record through and through. And like I said, the song uh, we're going to be listening to its called Gimme One More Chance, uh, one of my favorite tracks on the record. It's one of these songs that, like I said, it's only January, but I've been listening to the song constantly. This is uh, one of the latest uh, great songs from The Hatchets. It's called Gimme One More Chance. Is it the past or future?
0: Give Me One More Chance by The Hatchets. The next song we're going to look at, uh, this feels like such a throwback, like a 90s kind of throwback, even though it's a new song. And I'm not actually familiar with this artist. I'm not sure that we've ever talked about them before.
9: I don't think so, no. This is Sinbad with a song called Runnin'. And uh, you say it's a throwback, and it definitely does have that throwback sound. And it's kind of a throwback even in Sinbad's history. Now, Sinbad was a group that was around from about, I would say 2014 till about 2019, when uh, they split up when their uh, singer, Audrey Pennings, uh, she moved, she left uh, Wisconsin and moved elsewhere. And so they kind of split then. And uh, they had released one full length album. It was called It's Fine. And then they had done a a split uh, LP with another band. And that was kind of it. And lo and behold, just kind of out of nowhere recently, I don't know if the band kind of forgot that they had recorded some other songs or they just kind of rediscovered some songs. They're kind of calling this uh, their long-lost EP. They're releasing a new four-song EP called It's Final, kind of a nod to their previous record called It's Fine. And uh, these are songs that they recorded back in 2019, right before they split and uh, it's fantastic. Sinbad was one of those bands that uh, I really, really loved. They were so, so good and uh, just a a really good kind of alt, vaguely power poppy kind of band. And uh, it's really cool to have them release uh, quote unquote new music now. They're gonna be uh, actually reuniting in uh, February, February 6th at the Cactus Club, Uh, reunite to uh, do a record release for uh, its final. So until then, we can enjoy this, uh, the song we're gonna be listening to. It's Sinbad and it's called Running.
0: Sinbad now uh, we're going to switch to a very different genre with this next song I will say this song sounds so polished it's it's one of these songs that has uh, really joined a group of songs a group of artists who are just releasing really polished, music like studio sounding music very clean very professional
9: you're right and there is i think still especially in my brain too there's this tendency to think of you know quote-unquote milwaukee music as kind of like garagey sounding kind of lo-fi so when a song like this comes around you're like oh wow milwaukee's producing some uh you know like real yeah like you said polished top shelf stuff uh this is a new song from genesis renji and uh the song is called back to us Genesis Frenji, he has a new EP out. It's called The Heart Wants What It Wants. And Genesis Frenji, he's been uh, this kind of rapper and R&B singer who's, uh, he's been around for a while. He was one of these artists who was kind of weirdly, uh, or maybe not so weirdly, like really prolific during the pandemic, putting out a lot of tracks and really, really busy. And ever since then, uh, haven't heard too much from him. He's popped up as a feature on a lot of other people's records. Uh, I know he was on the the last Vincent Van Great record, for instance, which I know we've talked about. And uh, so it's nice to have him uh, come out with his uh, own stuff. And uh, the song we're listening to is Back To Us. It's a really, just, I love the vibes of this song. It's super chill. And that's kind of the the feeling of this entire EP. And uh, he's got a lot of uh, people popping in as features on this too, including classic. And on uh, this song, a fellow uh, Milwaukee artist called uh, Molly Napoleon, he's on this track. So this is the latest from Genesis Renji and it is called Back To Us.
1: This feeling, feeling like deja vu. It's nothing new, like once or twice I've been there with you. Reflexes change, the image wane, we still the same. I took the pain, removed your name, and still you gain. Am I insane? Repeating things in hopes it change Hurt me again, I smile a while, these tears are rain. You made your mark, I tap the scars to feel again Let Left all, don't know if I live or feel the same. That want from me? Is it time or is it company? You see, my energy is confident. confident. Find spaces in my mind, I could lose track. Of time and is in everything. No, you've been through everything, everything. and they have been present for it. Present for I know you it. can't ignore, can't ignore it. it. If I only knew what I
0: know now. Back to us by Genesis Renji. The final song that we're going to look at, it's a great song. It's very classic indie rock, I would say. Um, And again, it's another artist I don't think we've talked about.
9: I don't think so. Yes, this is Barely Civil with a new song called Better Now. And this is from their upcoming record. It's uh, called I'd Say I'm Not Fine. That's due for a release, I believe, kind of uh, in late March and they've released one song previous to this, and this is kind of the second song they're uh, previewing from that record. And, you know, I said earlier, the uh, I was listening to that Hatchet song over and over. I've really been listening to this song over and over and over again. Both Barely Civil and The Hatchets just uh, recently played a show at uh, the Cactus Club to celebrate the release of the Hatchets record. And uh, it was, uh, again, it's only January, but I was like, wow, this is one of the best Milwaukee shows I've seen uh, clearly all year and in a while too. Uh, I'm really, really excited about this record. It is, it's got a kind of classic indie alt sound, kind of a early aughts vibe, kind of reminds me of bands like the Sheila Divine from back in the day. So uh, yeah, really, really excited about this. It's just a song that just gets in my head. I love it, I love it, I love it. It is Barely Civil with Better Now.
0: civil. Well, Matt, thank you as always for joining us here on Lake Effect. Thanks for having me. Matt Wild is the co-founder of Milwaukee Record. Every month he publishes his Milwaukee Music Roundup, and he shares a few of those songs with us. You can find our previous conversations at wuwm.com. And that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm Joy Powers. If you missed any of today's conversations, or if you'd like to take Lake Effect on the go, you can download our podcast. Search for Lake Effect wherever you get your podcasts to listen to all of our shows on demand. Tomorrow on Lake Effect, we'll celebrate the start of Black History Month by sharing the story of Black Cross nurses. We'll also check out two projects that can help you learn about the Black History of Milwaukee. That's all tomorrow at noon right here on Lake Effect on listener-supported 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR.